The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it Mondays here. It's Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. Thanks for checking us out. Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. We've got a ton to get into with a couple of additions via the portal for Nebraska football. Maybe in addition to the coaching staff, we'll tell you about in two additions to the college football. Hall of Fame with Frank Solich and Danny Woodhead. That's incredible. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Numbers to get in today at 489-1240-800-825-5865. Can email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Reaction over the weekend with Husker basketball. They try and get up off the mat as Mount Edie comes to PBA tomorrow night. NFL weekend to touch on. Playoffs are set And, oh, yes, time to crown a national champion tonight with Michigan v. Washington, the old-school Big Ten versus the new addition to the Big Ten. So uh, a lot to dive into on the program today. We'll check in with Michigan insider Greg Henson. Greg's been great uh, and uh, has his ear to the ground with Michigan football and, and maybe Jim Harbaugh's future, his thoughts on the matchup in about 15 minutes in hour two. Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride will get Uncle Charlie's take on Dana Holgerson potentially. And oh, yeah, the title game tonight. And then Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker NFL, are part of the Blackshirt Hour. Jay Moore with us at 525. Time for roll call. If you're one of the first five in to the stream, we give you a shout out. And our starting five, Anthony Sargent has checked in, and Anthony checked in way back at 315. Wow. Patrick got in there and uh, says, look, I was first eight hours ago. Tuck in at three, Mike at four, Big Al comes in at number five. So there you have it. We'll read your comments and stream questions and thoughts uh, all along the way. We love Anonymous checking in. Is Dana Holgerson in talks to join Nebraska, or is he looking to manage a Cinnabon in Omaha? <laughs> a little Gene slash Better Call Saul slash Slippin' Jimmy. And that's a great doppelganger take. Have you made it through the snow day okay? Oh, fine, yeah. Yeah, do you didn't want to smack any roommates? That comes with the territory. Yeah? Uh, that's expected. So my roommates, to lay it out, one's a plumber. One's a, a school teacher. So the school teacher had the day off. Hmm. The plumber woke up this morning and was like, eh, I got a plenty of vacation days saved up. Uh, snow, it's not worth it. He took the day off. And they have been playing Mortal Kombat at home for <laughs> hours. <laughs> Just those two. They're stepbrothers, which makes it even worse. So they've been playing Mortal which Kombat. Which one's Brennan? Which one's Dale? Was there karate in the garage? No no garage karate. I might come home to it. We'll see. I... I uh, I know there's a couple of Modellos in the garage. You never know what happens Just after two? a couple of Modellos. <laughs> there, was, there was a couple Modellos in the garage. <laughs> no, but uh, th- so like they they like first met each other as stepbrothers in like middle school, and they really hit it off by playing Mortal Kombat, and that has just stayed true. So it's just been a day of them 
Uh, Scorpion and Sub-Zero for the Mortal Kombat fans out there just battling it head-to-head, screaming at each other. I had a meeting at one. I'm trying to sit through, and I'm just hearing screams coming from upstairs. <laughs> They're playing Mortal Kombat. It was it was a, a little bit hell. Screams and swearing. And to let you know, like, I, I texted Schmitty before I came in, hey, uh, I'm about to head that way, but I'm going to head out and shovel. I didn't need to go out and shovel. I wanted to get the hell out of that house while they were playing Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Choices, listen to them uh, blast one another. Controllers and glass shattering, making your mama jokes. I'm like you have the same yeah, mother, it's, it's stepmother. A, it's a, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the same. It's the same response. Can't do it. There's a line in the snow we don't cross. Whether the line is yellow or not, that's to be determined. But I had to. Junior was home from school today, and he was. I'm gonna go to the gym. Junior bought the uh, or talked to mama into buying him creatine. I'm like, dude, are you are you playing anything? What are you getting on creatine for? Like, I just want to get bigger. To look vascular. I gotta look muscular. <laughs> He's like, dude, shower once in a while, and it, it may help with the ladies more so than than, than getting all yoked. Then a couple of veins in your uh-huh. arm. <laughs> <laughs> well, anywho, he was home. Mama was home. I'm sure the gas bill is going to be four million dollars because she turns the fireplace on and. I uh, was watching something on Netflix. So, so. You, you and I may have been the only two people in this city that were more excited to go drive in the snow and bear the elements. No, I got, we got home. the hell here at like noon. <laughs> yeah, we got here way earlier <laughs> than got, we needed to be. We got out. But let's dive in to the Nebraska weekend and let's just call it what it's been for Nebraska football and Coach Rule is, is he's in Nashville at the AFCA convention, was the keynote speaker. Uh, he spoke Sunday night, and he is somebody that other coaches in droves come to listen to, and, and he's somebody that also knows his offense needs to be better. He has recruited well uh, with that 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 room of wide receivers. He has young wide receivers that are talented. He's clearly recruited well, landing the number one quarterback in the country, and Dylan Raiola, he's recruited well. And, and, and getting Danny Kalen, and is uneven as the offensive performance was, the offense at least tried to adapt to Harburg's strengths, and he was able to reel off five wins for you as a backup who'd had really no practice time in Lincoln before this staff showed up. So all those things are laid out, and then we'll start with a couple of the players in Isaiah Naor, the Wyoming slash Texas wide receiver. Uh, really good year for Craig Bull at Wyoming. A tough year at Texas with just a, a handful of grabs because of that knee injury in 2022. And then Dante Dowdell, uh, him and Riola hit it off immediately. Good story from Evan Bland on Dowdell and just kind of the impression Lincoln made on him. And, oh, yeah, the polar bear and wrestling and, and Husker fans, the, the fan base coming through again. That was cool for, for Nash this weekend. So you get a, uh, a running back with a number of years to play that is that thumper, that has some speed, that is pretty elusive, can be a three-down-back three back guy. Mayor's at 6'4". The other shoe that could drop is Jamal Banks. Was looking at some of his numbers Banks Elijah uh, led the ACC in touchdown receptions with nine. He's put together a couple of really nice years. He's 6'4", 205. But his 63% of his catches were contested. 
and that means somebody's on your leg uh, as a defensive back, and you're still able to make that grab. So if Nebraska can get Banks to pair with Nayor with that young room, and you got a run game with Emmett there, presumably guys uh, like Irvin and uh, and Ramir that can come back from injury and you, you, you add a guy like Dowdell, you have a balanced offense with a guy that can pull the trigger at quarterback and an experienced offensive line. You put it all together with the defense returning, you can feel really good about Nebraska football. And one of the things I want to say about the wide receivers, because some people might sit there and say, well, Nebraska got Nayor, why would they still want Banks? I know Banks still wants to go visit Michigan. Despite these guys' measurables being pretty similar, they're different kinds of wide receivers. And the comparison I made last week, Nayor strikes me more as a Quincy Anunua type, whereas uh, Banks strikes me more as a Maurice Purify type, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Banks turns 50-50 balls into 75-25 balls, sure. which is kind of the, 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 the hallmark I from Maurice Purify. He had those gigantic hands. He could go up in high point of football. He was able to make those contested catches pretty one-sided in terms of the offense, whereas Anuna was that guy that, with his frame, was a good downfield blocker but had some wheels to be able to go beat the defense as well, could take the top off. And that's kind of the difference I see between these two because if you look at the, the just the pure measurables, height, weight, these two guys somewhat similar, but they play the the game in a different way, and they'd fill different two styles. different roles. They'd fill two different roles within an offense. I think it'd be big to get both of those. We'll see if Banks still ends up checking out Michigan, whether or not Michigan's in the cards for him. As for Dowdell, I've been struggling to find the right comparison for him, as we kind of talked about last week. I think he is the guy that's going to step in and be the the RB one. Uh, it might be an early forecast for me, but with Irvin and. Uh, Johnson both coming back from injuries. Emmett Johnson's a little more slight. You're not sure how he's going to be able to handle a full Big Ten season. I think it makes sense to have, I a, see it. To, to have a, a thunder and lightning of sorts. If we just set Irvin and Intermere Johnson aside, not knowing how they respond sure. from injury, I think you have a, 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 a lightning and thunder kind of guy with Emmett Johnson having a little more speed, a little more elusiveness. You have Dowdell being that little more of a thumper back, not saying he's not a, uh, elusive, but more of a Big Ten traditional thumper back. I think it could be an interesting one-two combo in that backfield, but I've been struggling to find the right comparison for Dowdell. And then you add in the factor of, what does this offense even look like if Dana Holgerson's brought on? Because we know he likes the air raid. He's a Mike Leach disciple. I believe he played quarterback for Mike Leach at Westland. He's Westland? a wide receiver. Wide receiver. Westland. Yeah, and, 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 and Dana grew up uh, in uh, the shadows of the, um, the Iowa Westland football program that is no longer. Every time I talk with Coach Leach and I just bring up off air about West Virginia or Houston or – Dana, and he just had this all Dana. I mean, he he, he loved him some Dana. Uh, we'll get there in a minute. The more pertinent question from Brian, which stepbrother has a drum set? Neither. Thank God. One has a guitar. Okay. He, he has not, he, no offense, Alex, he's not very good. He doesn't play it all that much. He, he tried to get into it for a little bit, learned his basic C, G, D chords and kind of gave up. If you're just joining to reset, uh, Elijah has roommates. Two of those roommates are stepbrothers who were in their jammies playing Mortal Kombat. All day. At 8 a.m. this morning <laughs> uh, because of said snow day. Let's talk about Dana and uh, Dana Holgerson, okay? Uh, a Again, a leech disciple, but that does not mean air raid specifically uh and and how 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 would this work is is it analyst role is it passing game coordinator and offensive coordinator the cart is way before the horse because well elijah they're they're just friends that's why 
Dana was in town to to watch Nebraska wrestling for sure. And, uh, you know, you'd heard Dana's name. You've heard some other people's names as quarterback coach. And I'll get there in a minute. But you got what I need. Little Bismarcky. But you say he's just a friend. Because if Dana's just a friend, fine, pick his brain. If if he's more than just a friend, uh, get his ass in office <laughs> and and a whiteboard and bring him in, bring him in. Okay, I'll say this: and Data Holgerson uh, has just doing some research on him over the weekend. In, in Dana's time, he he's worked for Leach, he's worked for Sumlin, he's run his own programs. And listen, did he want to win more games at West Virginia? Yes. Did he have a couple of nine, ten win seasons? Yeah. Did he maybe get run out of town a little too early at Houston? Probably. They were just transitioning to the Big 12. But I know this about Data Holgerson. In his last nine seasons, he's ran about a half dozen different offenses, right? Will Greer's more of your backdrop guy, RPO option. Uh, with a little bit of shake to him. Uh, there's been quarterbacks like Geno, where it was a short passing game that he adapted to. That's that's the the, the thing to me that, that screams this would be big time for Nebraska is because Holgerson uh, can, can throw it around. You're going to win football games being physical in the Big Ten with a run game. And in the 2015-26 season at West Virginia – well, it was more of a power read quarterback attack where West Virginia and a Mike Leach air raid disciple ran the football 60% of the time to a 10-2 season. So you look at what you got. Here's the groceries. Let's make a meal. And this triumvirate here, I think you get Dana Holgerson as your quarterback's coach. I think you get Dana as your co-offensive coordinator. I think you move Sat to the tight end position that's that's vacant, possibly. And those two are co-coordinators together. Your run game coordinators, Donnie Riola, and those three, th- those three guys work together. Two things. When Dane has made a jump to a program as a coordinator, their offense has improved by nearly 13 to 16 points. The year he was at Oklahoma State, that was before their top 10 finish. Uh, in, in 2011, in 2010, you know what kind of a pain in the A they were when Nebraska played down there with Blackman uh, and uh, their 87-year-old quarterback. Listen, they put up a ton of points. They went 11-2 and two that year. Uh, they jumped 16 points per game when he showed up. They had talent there, but he got production. He gets to, to West Virginia. They're up 13 points a contest. Year one at Houston, they're up – uh, 13 points a ball game. You look at what Nebraska's scoring output has been in year one. You add 13 to that at minimum based on track record. You're right at that 30-point number, which wins you a lot of Big Ten games. Mm-hmm. The concern you have with Dana, I think if you don't know all that much about Dana, is he is a, an air raid disciple. He's a guy who likes to throw the football around. That seems to fly in the face of what Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield have said they want around here. But when you dive a little further in, he has the hallmark of a good offensive coordinator, and that's that he tailors his offense yes. to the pieces that he has. This is not Mark Whipple airing it out just to air it out. And this I is guess. not empty on third and inches. No, no. <laughs> uh, 
Dana Holgerson is a guy that can tailor his offense. Does he probably prefer to throw the football around? Yes, it's more fun. Um, but he's the guy who understands, I believe, how to create an offense that fits the pieces that he has, which is, in my book, the hallmark of a good offensive coordinator. Uh, he's going to like throwing the football around. Guess what? You have Dylan Ryle. He's going to like throwing the football mm-hmm. around, too. It makes sense in that aspect. This is not a guy who's going to come in and throw it 90% of the football time, in the, or 90% of the time in the Big Ten. Yeah, Varsity continues. We'll talk some Michigan-Washington, more on Nebraska and uh, what's looking ahead this uh, offseason. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you again. On Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out on a Monday. It's Hail Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. Get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Can rewind the show anytime you want there. The Hail Varsity uh, radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Give that a follow. Can watch us live, Hail Varsity YouTube channel. So we're efforting Greg Henson, Michigan Insider. Uh, open phones for you uh, right now at 489-1240. But thoughts on this Holgerson mo- news, news being that there's been discussions. How do you feel about that if you're a Nebraska football fan? And as nice as Dowdell and Nayor are, I love those pieces, those additions, those commitments from the portal. I think if you could uh, add a guy like Dana Holgerson to your staff, that's that's game-changing to pair with what you're expected to have back defensively with some of the pieces you have on offense. And don't jack around. Get somebody in here as your quarterback's coach. That was your plan from the get-go when you took the job. And uh, you, you like uh, Brian's comments here in the stream. Can also contribute via the stream or email, chris at hailvarsity.com. Brian says give Rule credit. He's leaving no stone unturned. If Holgerson comes aboard, the offense will look totally different in 2024. And what you want is options. You want to have a bread and butter, yes, but you need options. And Holgerson's found different ways uh, in in Morgantown and in Houston. And, And he's had guys go to the next level as quarterbacks. So... That's also appealing. We're, we're talking as it's a done deal. I don't know that it is, but it's just encouraging that, listen, uh, you went outside your, your comfort zone or from a familiarity standpoint defensively. Yeah, a number of the guys on your defensive staff, for sure you knew from Carolina. But your defensive coordinator and Tony White, big time. Uh, you nailed that hire. Uh, you kind of made do with what you had offensively last year. And then you factor in the injury bug. You can't be that inept offensively next year. There's no way you can live in that world again. And you can't get off on that foot with the talent you got coming in at quarterback. And, and let's first off lay something out. If you read the tea leaves, I don't think Matt Rule's the kind of guy that would open himself up to bringing Holgerson to a very public event such as Husker Wrestling and not have that be damn near a done deal. Like the 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 fall, like Husker fans are I don't want to say expecting this to happen, but like you saw how Twitter blew up. People people blew up over the picture of back of Dana Holgerson's head the, being like the, is that the side shot from from our, our, our dear friend Mitch Sherman's like Twitter. Half obstructed, you could just kind of see the hair and be like looks like Dana Holgerson's hair. Let's first off lay it out. That was, in fact, Dana Holgerson. 
uh, enough people that were at Husker Wrestling have told me, yes, that was him, that I am confident saying, yes, Dana Holgerson was at Husker Wrestling, and I don't think Matt Rule would bring Dana Holgerson to such a public event unless this was pretty close to the finish line as, like, like the wheels would have to fall off in the, the 23rd hour and 45 minutes for this to, to not happen, in my humble opinion. I think the question becomes, what is his role once he gets here? Is it as an analyst? I, I would be more likely to think it's as a co-offensive coordinator role with his acumen. Maybe he just wants a one-year You don't go from head coach. You don't go from head coach and not sit out and collect the money for an analyst job. I agree with that. You, you just don't. You go... All right, you go from head coach to co-offensive coordinator, and you you make some money and you show off what you can do with a, an offense in a quarterback room that was a, a tough deal last year. And importantly, giving given Holgerson's history, you probably get to take a step back in recruiting. By all accounts, both at West Virginia and Houston, wasn't a huge fan of the recruiting grind that it took to be a, a head coach. And I think you could probably come here and, hey, just focus on the offense. Just be our X's and O's guy. Don't worry about the recruiting. We've got coaches that can handle that. You don't have to be on the recruiting trail. We just want you to game plan us, uh, game plan for us every single week, work with Satterfield, and then I'd assume call the games on Saturday as well but do the play calling. I'd assume Holgerson with his experience there would get the nod over Satterfield. I can't say that for certain. And maybe, maybe Holgerson does come as an analyst, but I don't think it makes as much sense as him being a co-offensive coordinator that can really, really focus on game planning, X's and O's, play calling, step back from recruiting, get yourself a paycheck. And you know what? Uh, with a five-star quarterback that you're working with, you'll likely get yourself another head coaching gig if that's what you want. If not, you get a nice cushy paycheck to send you off into retirement. Well, and the other question too is a lot of these contracts you have to you offset. You're supposed to actively be seeking work at some point in time. Uh, that's one thing. Head coach money offsets head coach time to leave money. Uh, coordinator money may be a, a loophole in the contract, so you can get paid at both spots. But can I add? This is finally should this hire go through a hire that feels like the resume matches the job for Nebraska, like the resume, what this guy has put together, his body of work makes sense to be the guy that's leading a program with the stature of Nebraska. No, Nebraska has been down. We've talked about it plenty, but for what Nebraska is, the resources that Nebraska has, this is finally the coordinator hire along with Tony White in the defense. who I think proved that he fit the bill last year that the resume matches what the job description is going to be. Because you look back, did, did Lubick and his experience at Colorado State and then his experience at a credit union translate into being a high-level Division One coordinator at a place like Nebraska? You just never know because you were, you, were, you were going through coordinators every year, every other year with Scott. And then you look at that Whipple. Whipple was pretty much a retirement gig before he rode off into the sunset and it didn't sound like Narduzzi wanted him around at Pitt anymore. He had a good resume, but was he a, a fit for Nebraska? Not really. Was he acclaimed in his last couple stops? No, not really either. Uh, you look at Satterfield. Satterfield was bemoaned by South Carolina, uh, yeah, South Carolina fans for his two years there before he comes to Nebraska. They weren't a huge fan of him. This is finally a hire that Nebraska is making that feels like, okay, yeah, Nebraska's a big dog, and Nebraska's going to act like a big dog going and getting a coach with a resume like Dana Holgerson. One of the best offenses in the country over the past 10 years has been what Dana Holgerson's been putting together both at West Virginia and at Houston. It, it just finally feels like Nebraska is flexing its muscle in the way that it should by saying, you know what, we had offensive issues last year. We're going to get one of the best offensive masterminds in the sport. Give us Dana Holgerson. You have to upgrade on offense. Mm-hmm. You've done the job recruiting and acquiring personnel 
you've done the job of getting some of the young talent you have at wide receivers feet wet where they made some plays for you you can't be jerking around on offense for another year you can't put it on the defense you can't not go pull the trigger on this if you can get it done because of feelings right and, and that's that's the narrative out there the narrative is well you know the loyalty and the connection you're not dumping or getting rid of sat i don't believe i don't believe that at all you're not going to stand up at, at x number of press conferences and, and 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 back your guy which is what you're supposed to do meanwhile you're not and he's said it from day one rule i'm not going to apologize about competition you bring in high-level talent to enhance what you already got, and we know the offense needs to to jump two or three notches to be not only complementary to what the defense has done, but look at what you're going against every week with four more four new teams coming in, one playing for the playoff title tonight in Washington. You've got to have as good or better guys in the headsets on your staff, and if you can get them because people want to work for you, Good. It's and you you nailed it with Nebraska is a spot where you go get the best because you can, mm-hmm. and and you, you don't and, settle. And you've gotten the best at quarterback. Now you're if this fall if this goes through again, we're we're talking as if it's going to happen. We can't say that with certainty, but it at feels least like the it. wheels are in motion for it. And it's bringing in a, a coordinator that will do your five star quarterback right, if you will. In that you have one of the best quarterbacks in the country. You don't want to hamstring him with coaches, with with game plans. Bring in a guy that will do it right for that quarterback. And I think Dana Holgerson is that guy. I mean, he's turned so many guys into super, super high-level quarterbacks from obscurity. What can you do with a a top-level five-star quarterback? We'll find out, but I I wouldn't believe that. Dana's never got to work with that. No. I mean, and he's turned guys into NFL guys. What wasn't he the one? Yeah, Brendan, yeah, Brendan Whedon and Case Keenum are two. Yeah, oh, Geno Smith. He had Cody yeah. Pickett and and Geno Smith. So there's four. And then he also was the one who. Oh no, Mordecai was SMU. Excuse me. I was I was thinking Mordecai for a second, but Mordecai was not a Houston kid. He was an SMU kid. But still, you you look at that pedigree. Give Dana Holgerson the top throwing quarterback in the country. I know Lagway was ended up being the number one quarterback. I don't believe that to be true. I think Ryle is still your top guy. You're giving him the number one quarterback in the country. I am would be very, very curious to see what Dana Holgerson can do with that because I don't think you will screw that up. I don't think Dana Holgerson would screw that up. He'll he'll look and assess, and what the the thing that he does. All right, and this has been his history again. Looking at stuff over the weekend, uh, the adaptability. And how he's grown as a coach and as a play caller. It's not just four verts, right? That's a lot of fun. And you did it really well at Texas Tech. But you've adjusted as an offensive coordinator based on the experience you have at quarterback. And you don't have a college-level experience quarterback that we think is going to win the job. You do in, in Harburg, but you have seven games with, with him. You also look at what type of arm talent you're working with and you have. We kind of detailed that a little bit ago last segment, and you've got pretty high-level arm talent coming in. So, uh, no, if this can move forward for Nebraska football with Holgerson, you find a spot, you make it happen, and then, man, you got to be pretty excited with where Nebraska's at potentially on 
offense well, it, with the pieces they have, with the personnel, with the mind of a Holgerson paired with what's already on offense, and then you get the defense. And hey, you you need to be able to score points. You need to be able to stop folks. And as good as the defense was, imagine this defense playing with a lead. For the love of God, right? Not trying to to score themselves to get a lead, and and that the the, the defense can take a breath and and move forward as well. So I mean, did you think we, we talked about we th- can Dylan Ryle get you seven more points a game? Because seven more points a game probably got you four more wins last year. Can well, Dana Holgerson and Dylan Raiola get along you with with Dowdell points? and Nayor and this young group of receivers I mean, and Fedoni and this offensive line? The running back room would still be a little bit of a question. But you feel decent about the wide receivers? Is, is the biggest hold in your offensive line, which made progress last year, was probably a middle-of-the-road Big Ten offensive line? I mean, the the holes that we discussed this offense and all the issues seem to be getting resolved this offseason. Obviously, you have to put it on the field before you're willing to, to really put all your eggs into that basket of it's fixed. You have to see what Ryola can do as a true freshman, but you feel a hell of a lot better than you did two and a half weeks ago. Jeff tweets in, is our O-line good enough for these new skill guys to shine? O-lines tend to do better when defenses are nervous with added playmakers. Great pickup. That was a comment from uh, Jeff Erickson uh, on Dowdell. Well, we'll see what happens. Some thoughts on Nebraska basketball, NFL weekend, college football playoff ahead with with Hale Varsity. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out, Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you more. Your comments in the stream. On the way, let's tell you to buckle up, especially with the winter weather, and uh, use your seatbelt. It saves lives, it prevents injuries only if properly worn. Make it click. A message from the NDOT. Highway Safety Office. Get to some emails, chris at hailvarsity.com. More of your stream comments as Crew checks in, and uh, he just took Nebraska plus 15,000 to win the Natty next year. I'm drinking the Kool Aid GBR. Crew, I love it. Good for you, Crew. And if you uh, hit that, remember the, uh, the shout outs. Is what I'll say. Remember, the, remember the guys you listen to every single day that encouraged, not encouraged, you convinced you that mm. that was uh, that the right play to make. Remember that. So there's also some uh, some commentary in the stream. Mike checks in. Dana Holgerson is Will Patton on Yellowstone. That's fair. I think Will Patton was one of the brothers, right? Season two or season three. Didn't didn't uh, didn't end well for for Will Patton, but that's yeah, spoilers. I haven't seen it yet. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> how <laughs> it's it's on all the time. It's all right. You walk in with a belt buckle and some boots, brother. I know you started. I, I don't I, think you'll ever see that. Now you'll find the right pair of boots. I I'm not cool enough to wear cowboy boots. So there we have it. Sometimes I'll, like, I'll go to like a country concert and I'll feel so out of place because I don't have country or uh, like cowboy boots. And then like I'll throw a pair on it wherever I'm shopping at. And I go, no, no, that's just You just not can't me. pull them off? I look stupid. Eh. It's, it's just not for me. They're allegedly very, very comfortable. As a kid, I had cowboy boots. Juniors had cowboy boots when he was little. Uh, shout out my, my buddy Seth paid off <laughs> some alligator skin boots that he ordered in from australia it was like five different payments he had to make on these things. oh no so he Stupid went expensive. he went layaway with them yeah. <laughs> and they're nice they're like bright red beautiful looking cowboy boots but i think like in total he ended up spending like 
hundreds of dollars on these things once he made the the payments and installments but they look great yeah we need to google or find out the most expensive pair of cowboy boots what's the average cost of your cowboy boots in the stream or if you're listening on the show four eight nine twelve forty i do like a good cowboy hat the problem being if you wear a cowboy hat with anything other than boots you look like a poser yeah, you can't show up in a bro tank in a cowboy hat and a mustache, Elijah. <laughs> <You're an hostage>. <laughs> <laughs> Brennan checks in uh, new boots, the uh, genuine ostrich, three payments for Brennan. Shout out when, Reno PD. <laughs> yeah, when it, when it, when it comes uh, when it comes there. New boot goofing. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's one of the best clips ever. That's that's wonderful. <laughs> that's wonderful. Uh, Nebraska basketball trying to get back at it. We'll go there for a moment moment before we wind down hour one coach mcbride with us in 20 minutes we'll check in uh with jay moore blackshirt husker nfl in hour two so uh nebraska basketball pretty much just whooped up on by uh you know a team in wisconsin that if you look at their resume you look at their schedule you look at their win total and yeah they're ranked they're for real wisconsin did what they wanted to do to Nebraska this weekend. They were on fire from three-point land. They, they shot the ball excruciatingly well. They were great in the paint. Nebraska had turnovers, and those turnovers turned into points. Nebraska was rocked with points in the paint. You didn't have a great uh, just defensive effort. They just looked out of it a little bit. Part of that was Wisconsin. Part of that was Nebraska. The defensive intensity went 180, it felt like, from Indiana. Now, the opponent's key, uh, Nebraska on the road at Wisconsin, tough place to play, tough place to win. But you don't want to waste an offensive performance like that. And, and the thing Nebraska is... Nebraska shot yeah. real well. And, and I, I think it kind of goes hand in hand. Because if you had told me on Saturday morning, Nebraska's going to put up 72 points this afternoon, I would have said, wow, there's a probably a pretty good chance they're going to win or it's going to be close. I'll give credit where it's due to Wisconsin. I think Nebraska... They didn't have the defensive intensity they had at home against Indiana. I think that's understandable whenever you go on the road. Wisconsin's a, a, an environment where you're definitely not going to be able to feed off the crowd in the defensive end. Wisconsin, I think, took advantage of Nebraska's defensive game plan, which is to pack the pain a little bit. I think Nebraska was said, if you want to beat us with the three-point shot, by all means, go ahead. And Wisconsin just went and did that, uh, which is a little disheartening. And then once you find yourself down... Uh, it's a reality that you don't want it to be, but at times you say, you know what, Can I do I get full effort defensively whenever we're down by 15 or do I get full effort offensively? And I think you had a great offensive output from these guys, and uh, I think in a game that you're on a bit of a short turnaround, you're on the road, uh, you just didn't, you weren't locked in. That, that's going to happen in a long basketball season. You weren't locked in on the defensive end of the ball, or defensive side of the ball, I should say. Uh, offensively, you played well. You had the energy there. Wisconsin just hit a lot of shots. They hit more threes in that game than they're probably going to hit in any other game this season. I think at times you just have to put your hands up, tip your cap to Wisconsin, and say, hey, credit to you guys for shooting the hell out of the ball from behind the three-point line. And they, that's exactly what they did. And I don't think Nebraska was ever going to beat Wisconsin if Wisconsin put up 88 points. And I, I, no. don't, I don't necessarily think it's as much of a, a discredit to Nebraska's defense as is a credit to Wisconsin's offense for taking what the defense gave them, to use a football term, and uh, make Nebraska pay for it. I don't think you were expecting Wisconsin to knock down, was it 14 threes? They, they went off. And it's a case of Wisconsin won it, Nebraska didn't lose it. That's, that's what happened Saturday. Now, you got to rebound literally and figuratively. Uh, tomorrow night, 8 p.m. PBA, number one, Purdue comes to town. First team 
uh, in 22 years to make their way to Lincoln with the number one ranking. Uh, Nebraska has had their moments against Purdue, be it Tim Miles' squad or last year with the horrendous call against Nebraska. They had Purdue on the ropes. So A couple years ago, there was that snow day in Nebraska where only like 5,000 people showed up, and Nebraska gave Purdue all they could handle. I think that was number three-ranked Purdue at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nebraska, in the past five seasons, has played Purdue a lot more competitively than you would expect for how Nebraska has been at basketball over the past five seasons, which has been not good. They have always played this Purdue team tight, and you wonder whether or not that creeps into the back of the minds of the Purdue players, whether there's something with Fred Hoiberg's scheme that Purdue really struggles with, whether it's just the magic of Pinnacle Bank Arena, I don't know. But Nebraska has always seemed to play Purdue really, really close, even whenever Purdue is Final Four good, which they have been over the past couple years. I know they haven't necessarily lived up to the NCAA tournament, but the quality they have on the basketball court is Final Four good. It is again this year. But that hasn't seemed to deter Nebraska at all over the past couple seasons. If you can keep it close, I think that Pinnacle Bank crowd can can will you over the finish line late in this one if you're in a, a, a one possession game say with 10 minutes le- left that pba crowd is going to be rocking it could be all you need to, to go pull the upset more on the cowboy boot intel american made justin boots 250 dollars a pair custom made higher end boots or exotic 600 dollars plus a pair so we've had some some truth here this first hour between brennan with the the three payments your buddy who did the alligator skin boots from Australia. I think those would qualify as custom-made higher-end exotic boots. I would would say so. (laughs) Uh, Cliff checks in from Florida. Cliff has not said whether or not he's wearing cowboy boots or not. Uh, Yeah. How did we get on the cowboy boots topic? Uh, Yellowstone. Yes, right. The comparison of Data Holgerson to... The uh, the lawyer in uh, in Yellowstone. Maybe I'll take down ten beers at some point this week and hop on and look for some cowboy boots online. We'll do so, man. <laughs> That'd be the best purchase I made for ten beers. Would you probably. just go like normal looking, or would you want the exotic kinds that are all sorts of tricked out? The higher up the leg you go. Oh, look at me! I'm going. If I'm ten beers in, I'm going exotic. Ah, uh-huh. love it. We'll wind down our one hail varsity continues. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. Thoughts on some moves, potentially, by Nebraska football. Data Holgerson, a topic of conversation this hour. Some of the portal additions, Nebraska in uh, a crowded Big Ten next year. Charlie McBride with us in about 10 minutes. We'll spend time with Jay Moore. More comments on uh, the cowboy boots uh, with uh, what type of boots Elijah should get. Is we're, we're off and running with that. But first, I want to remind you about uh, the Supernovas uh, Pro Volleyball time in Nebraska, the first ever Pro Volleyball Federation match coming up here January 21st against the Atlanta Vibe CHI in Omaha. First serve at 7. Get your single match tickets or your season tickets now. Log on, supernovas.com. Witness world-class talent uh, with Supernovas and, of course, the Atlanta Vibe. We're talking All-Americans, Olympians, NCAA national champions. Enjoy the volleyball movement sweeping across the country and see your Major League Volleyball team in Omaha with the Omaha Supernovas, supernovas.com, where you log on some tough Volleyball news for Nebraska with Batten Horse hitting the portal. 
But uh, Nebraska continues to to accumulate talent, recruit talent, develop talent, and we'll see if uh, if Nebraska moves forward. I expect they will in that instance. But the suggestions here, Cliff is wearing alligator flip-flops down in Florida. Uh, he checks in. Nate suggests that you go with the square toe boots, Elijah. And uh, Jason uh, says get the uh, the Mexican Botas uh, trail style. And I, th- Jason, are those the um, the uh, the Breaking Bad like cartel boots? See, I was thinking. Have you ever seen the the? Because those were cool. You ever seen the spoof documentary series Documentary Now? No, I have not. There's the the, the most legendary episode uh, is one where they're spoofing like Vice News, and it's the hunt for El Chingon, okay. who, who's like a, a a fake cartel lord down <laughs> in Mexico, and these two reporters get whacked, and they're they're wearing the Mexican style boots, but they're spoof Mexican style boots. They just have like these toes that come up like four feet up in the air. It's hilarious. I think I could rock those, though. They're the long, pointy ones. The long, pointy ones is That's exactly right. That's what Jason right. is saying. So. Yeah, no, yep, we're on the same, yes. the same page. The long, pointy ones. If you haven't, go see the, the Hunt for El Chingon documentary now. One of the funniest episodes they've ever put out, and you'll see the boots. Rule they... was rocking uh, cowboy boots on one of the recruiting visits in, in the, uh, the Twitter world he was uh, picturing. Those are cool. Uh, Chris says the John Allen Woodward... Eldorado, alligator, sterling, silver, engraved. White diamonds, sapphires, $25,000, or uh, Jack Armstrong's for $6 million. Yeah, I uh, don't think that's in the cards. No, the Iron Sheik boots are cool. Cliff, love that call. Uh, rip the Iron Sheik. We, um, we presume Coach McBride's had a pair of cowboy boots, so we'll, we'll get there. But we'll talk Dana Holgerson with Coach McBride uh, and get his take on what that addition would be. What's he think of Michigan-Washington tonight? And a whole lot more with Coach. I wonder how much snowfall he's had in Michigan. Jay Moore also coming up hour two. Some of your thoughts and comments in the stream also uh, available uh, via email. Chris at HaleVarsity.com, HaleVarsity YouTube. Hale Varsity Radio Twitter, back with Hour 2, powered by Cornhead Lager. This is Christian Peter. I'm sorry, but the stories I have about Charlie are not appropriate for the public. The right case of the Mondays. It's Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, on Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt, a Monday with Charlie, Charlie McBride. Coach, have you guys been getting blasted by snow up there, up north? Uh, yeah, that and uh, different colors of gray. Really? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that's what the Michigan's noted for, is the different, all the different colors of gray that you can find. We got it. So you are in search of the sunshine. I love it. I love it. I, I think that could be used as a describer for most of the Midwest this time of yeah, year. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been no good. It's been no good. It's to... been beautiful. It's been it's it hasn't been really 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 cold, but uh, it's been it's been the temperature's been okay, you well, know. But the, the, the other than that, it's raining on and off, snowing on and off. 
You know, that's kind of crap. Well, Tony, are, are you a believer in the Farmer's Almanac? Because they said this year would be a milder <laughs> winter, but there'd be a couple big snowstorms for those of us living in the Midwest. Do you, do you believe what the Farmer's Almanac has to say? Well, some years it's right and years it's wrong. So, <laughs> you know, you just, it's like, you don't, you don't know you're guessing, so you might as well just guess yourself. So you, you see a Farmer's Almanac the same way you see, like, a, a psychic that, you know, sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong, and it doesn't really matter? It doesn't matter. I, listen, I'll tell you what. That, that, here, right here, the weatherman is wrong all the time. <laughs> <laughs> good, good on him. He's still working. I like it. Charlie McBride's with us. Coach, we got into the topic of cowboy boots because there's been a lot of smoke around Dana Holgerson. And one of our incredible viewers slash listeners compared him to a character on Yellowstone, and I brought up the topic of cowboy boots, and we're trying to talk Elijah into buying some cowboy boots. Have you ever had cowboy boots, and if so, did you wear them around? Yeah, absolutely. I've had uh, probably five or six pair of them in the time. I mean, I still I have a couple here now. Okay. I don't wear them all the time, but I wear them. I usually get the, you know, I don't get the high soles or heels. I just get the street walkers. Okay. Heels. Schmidt needs some high heels in his boots. (laughs) (laughs) My wife's got enough high heels. We're good. Your brain and your ankle is what it does. That's pretty good. Well, that's that's the the popular name that was in town as a friend to visit. Matt Rule, and uh, you remember Dana from his time with Coach Leach, but also just seeing what some of his offenses did, be, there, be it at, at Oklahoma State or at Houston or at West Virginia. And, and what, what's your impression here? What's your reaction if this thing continues down the path of him joining the, joining the staff? He's, he's Yeah, bomb, <laughs> bombs away. He's an air raid guy, but he's, he's ran the football quite a bit too. Yeah, the, the ball will be in the air. It'll. Uh, he likes to throw it. That's one thing he he's done. And uh, and I know that he's a he's a big. Uh, the times that I remember about him, he's really a big deep ball guy, too. You know, he likes to get get the ball down the field, and uh, you know that usually makes things exciting if you if, you know if you can get a guy that can stick it in there and. Uh, so, you know, you never know. I mean, what he's probably uh, like most coaches right now. They're all, you know, mixing eggs. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know for sure what they're going to do. And you know, I was listening to the Big Ten channel today, and they don't know what Harbaugh's going to do, and all that talk still going on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and they don't know what you know. I mean, if a guy does this for three years, and he gets three. To get um, three what three games suspension, you might as well keep doing it. <laughs> that's, that's nothing. I mean, you know, it's uh, you know, and then they find the games that are don't count or whatever it is. But uh, I don't, I don't know. But uh, and you know that West Virginia. That's what I remember the most about him doing there. I I didn't know. I didn't. You know, see him as much against Oklahoma when he was at Oklahoma State mm-hmm. as I did uh, seeing him on TV against when he was at West Virginia. 
It's Charlie McBride with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Charlie, if Dana is the guy, we, we know he likes to throw it around, but we also know wherever he goes, he does have a high-level offense that tends to cater towards the players that he has. So I think that could be a positive. My question to you, though, is with his head coaching experience, coming back and being a coordinator after over a decade of being a head coach, is that a positive or a negative for your coordinator to have? Well, I think it's a, it's a positive in some ways. It, it depends on the person, but, it, it, you know, if he can, will commit to, you know, doing the job, it actually is, a, you know, is a, is a very good job because it, uh, you're right in the middle of it on offense and I mean it's uh you know you're kind of you're kind of almost the offensive coordinator I mean the head coach on you know when you're a coordinator anyway uh I know coach Osborne he didn't mess with the defense and that much and uh uh you know so but he ran the offense so uh, I didn't feel like a head coach but I, I said you know you're you're kind of responsible for a lot of kids and um and, you know, you have to be prepared. And I think he's one of these guys that, you know, that is a, always was prepared. You know, he's a, he's kind of, he gives you the impression maybe he's not, but he is. You know, like a lot of times, you know, just, just through his, you know, the way he handles himself. And uh, some he may have long hair one day and short the next, and, you know, cowboy boots on the sideline. Who knows? But, uh and and he'll he'll uh, they'll know he's there. I'll tell you that because I mean, uh, if it's not things aren't going good, probably you get a few words out of him up in the balcony in you know, the stadium. <laughs> Charlie McBride's with his coach. Uh, Nebraska able to land a couple of uh, names in the portal. The running back from Dow uh, from from Oregon, Dowdell, uh, really high level player from Mississippi, and. And then Nayor, the wideout that played for Coach Bull and did well at Wyoming, he's transferred in from, from Texas. And Nebraska seems to be picking their spots with uh, some of these additions via the portal. They keep going young and high school recruiting, but they'll sprinkle in some of these portal guys, kind of like you guys did with the JUCO ranks. Yeah. Well, I think they. I think the ones that those guys, they still have a couple years left. So Yeah. I think, and and that's the good thing is is you don't want them. You know, the thing that I worries me a little bit about a lot of this stuff going on now is you never hear about education anymore. It's all about just football, just money, and football and stuff like that, and it you know concerns me a little bit. You know, I mean, go back even when I was a kid, recruiting was a whole lot different, and and. You know, to get a scholarship was was monumental. You know, and uh, because a lot of times, even now, when parents work hard to save money for one of their sons, and they get something, because they don't have to pay for them, and you know, except for the travel and stuff. So it, you know, a scholarship still means a lot, but it uh, it doesn't seem like they even mention a scholarship anymore. It's how much money I'm going to get. Coach, a uh, thought on uh, Nash Hudmacher, the polar bear, uh, wrestling, and he shed about 40 pounds, was able to win his match this weekend, but you were a, a big proponent of multi-sport guys, weren't you? Yeah, I love it. I love it. But, 
especially wrestling, you know, with linemen because it it develops so much talent. I got a chance to see him a couple of times, you know, on uh, you know, pin that guy uh, on different views. Mm -hmm. I mean, different channels had a different view of it, you know, and it was kind of interesting. It just showed how how agile he really is, you know, and things like that. And probably 40 pounds dropping isn't isn't a bad deal. Form. He's probably twice as quick, and but uh, you know, and even with those forty on pounds on, he, you know, I think the best thing he can do is hand the guy out of the center off to the, you know, hand him off to the quarterback. <laughs> do you think he puts the weight back on, or do you, could you see him playing at three hundred? Oh sure, yeah, I could see him playing at three hundred pounds. Uh, I think it, you know, it is, you know, you'd be, you'd be surprised because I think, you know, you don't lose much strength. In fact, you get more flexibility and you got more change of direction, probably a little better, which is good, especially when you're rushing the passer or you're making a reaction on a running play. And, and so, you know, I mean, knowing that he'll, he'll, he'll gain some weight during the season. Mm-hmm. You know, if he if he came in at three hundred, I'd guess him by the end of the year he'd be three twenty or three fifteen in that area. You know, and uh, but but um, you know, for wrestling, when you see a guy can lose weight like that up and down, you know those that's, those wrestling coaches love that stuff. So I want to guys, get, yes. I want to get your take just on on that weight loss that you kind of talk about because it's it's it sounds so astounding forty pounds in about five weeks and Nash was asked about it. he said I cut out sugary drinks and I cut down some of my meals for example every morning during football season he would eat eight eggs that sounds awesome he cut it down to four and I went wow I would probably have a stomachache if I ate four eggs to start my day every single day but can you just talk about that really fast just the amount of yeah, calories these guys are putting down. I don't like it with the younger kids as much, but they have to lose. Like if a kid has to get down, say he's 220, and he has to get down to 85 or something like that, you know, I, I'm not real fired up about that stuff, you mm-hmm. know, that way down. But it, as you get older, it's probably not a bad idea. You know, it probably isn't as harmful as it is when you're younger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I used to watch guys who were friends of mine go through and, you know, they were eating a piece of lettuce, and they were they went to the bathroom about 50 times a day to get just to lose two pounds, you know, for weighing in and stuff. Uh, but to get to where they had to get, a lot of them, uh, you're going to see they have to go down rather than up. It's harder to go up than it is coming down, you know. So, uh, but I think that if he, you know, he did that, I think you can see. I could see he was trim. You know, and he he's quick now, and uh, so I think he's probably a little quicker than he was at three twenty or three twenty five, whatever he weighed. I don't re- remember exactly. Many people are saying that Nash went to you for weight loss advice. Is that true? Uh, I I could give it to him, uh, but yeah, not not. He's still uh, undefeated. <laughs> I, I would I would run and hide. Uh, Charlie McBride's with us. <laughs> Coach, all right, Frank Solich got into the College Football Hall of Fame today. What do you think? Oh, that's great. Oh, I, that, that's pretty good. I mean, you know, Frank made a, made a 
I think made a pretty good move by you know I when he when he left is not saying well I'm going to go to the you know the top divisions and this and that or I'm not going to coach a lot of guys will even say that and Frank did a great job there I mean the only the hardest thing it was was probably for the kids to play on TV in the middle of the week when all the students were going to school and things mm-hmm. like that that's kind of hard on your team a little bit sometime when you're not playing on a Saturday. And uh, but uh, you know he deserved it. I mean you know he's he's won everywhere he's been, and he's been he you know he's he's just a good person. Mm-hmm. And and I think you know that he 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 deserves it. I he, he's won, like I said he's I think he was the oldest coach at the, his last year there that was on that was active, um, and that's I think he's in his seventies and. Mm-hmm. You know that's pretty. That's pretty good. But he, Frank was always in pretty good shape. Yeah, Frank's uh, still put together. Coach, about ninety seconds before we say goodbye till next week. Michigan or Washington tonight? Washington tonight. What happens? Uh, I got to stick with the Big Ten. You know, right now, of course, they're all Big Ten <laughs> schools. <laughs> but I think you know, I'd like to see Michigan win and. Uh, I don't know what's going to – it's going to be interesting to see what Harbaugh does. But, uh, you know, for their sake, uh, from what I just hear about the players, you know, they're really hanging together pretty good. Well, and and that's it. And uh, you've got a Nebraska connection with Ernest Hausman playing linebacker for Michigan. And uh, right now, uh, Elijah and I will make our predictions a little bit later, but it's uh, it's a great night for the future of the Big Ten and – Quite frankly, one of the uh, old guards of the Big Ten, and uh, a lot of polarization though with with Harbaugh and in this thing. It's a great night for those that like the stylistic match. It's like old football versus new football. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying Washington's not uh, not physical. I'm not saying Michigan's not updated, but it's it's that classic throwback Michigan against that high flying modern Washington. Stylistically, really interesting. Well, Washington's not little sisters of the poor, and I don't. I think they'll make a pretty good showing. They're a tough bunch of kids. I mean, you know, in general, and I don't cherish playing them. You know, I mean, when we played them, we we got a knot on our head, you know, a few times, and uh, so you know, it, it, Michigan will have they'll be ready to play. I mean, Washington, I think, will be really be ready to play. The quarterback's very, very, very accurate. He's awesome. Coach, you stay warm and bundled up, and we'll check in next Monday, all right? I'll do it. I'll be here smiling and grinning. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Coach, you take care. Thanks again. Okay. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you later. Right out. There he is, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. The Blackshirt Hour rolls forward. Jay Moore on the way with Hale Varsity. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the Big Red, and NFL vet. He's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt, Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. As uh, we say hi to Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker NFL, our co-host, Big Red Wrap-Up. Follow Jay on Twitter at jmoore44. Uh, Jay Bird, uh, happy 2024. It's been a while since we talked, and uh, you are 
Well, you're uh, your, your big daddy o at home on a snow day, man. How you doing? <laughs> Good. Let's just extend Christmas break, winter break further. Why not? Right <laughs> for for all of us, been, right? Right. Let's just it's keep... been fourteen days. Let's make it a fifteenth day. But who's counting? So <laughs> is 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 Mav duct taped in in his room, or is he racing around? No, he's uh, he finally you know at the age where you know, watching stuff on YouTube or, you know, uh, playing Nintendo Switch or Xbox, whatever it is, keeps him plenty content. So that's what he's currently doing right now. So he's he just goes into zombie mode with that stuff. So it's it's uh, it, it has worked out well at that, those things. Uh, it's uh, it has its uh, upside, obviously a lot of downside, too. But uh, <laughs> right now he's uh, he's full into Mario Kart on some Switch right now. Well, it's better than Fortnite. I was going to say so many parents nowadays are buying their kids like the Fortnite coins. And I was going to say, like, man, you could have. Could have put those to good use today. Going hopping. Yeah, he's store. a little too young for that. I think we had it, and then we, del- you know, we have one of the Xboxes that you only have so much data, and we had the Fortnite, but he had no idea to play. It. I have no idea to play. It. I don't even care to learn how to play it. Hmm. So we deleted it. So we get, we get the new Madden. Well, that was more ah, that's better. That's better. Do you yeah. play him in Madden or no? Yeah, every now and then we'll battle. Yeah, I always have to get a pretty poor team. Uh, he always wants like the 49ers or Ravens or. Uh, you know, we're big Bengals fans in this household, so we got the Bengals. So usually I'll kind of go towards don't say the Broncos. I don't know, like a sneaky pick right now is if with CJ Stroud is the Texans. Okay. They're kind of sneaky good, but he thinks they're they they suck. And I'm like, dude, they're kind of nice with CJ Stroud, so <laughs> I'll kind of resort to them as a as a pseudo crappy pick. Do you give him the bad controller? <laughs> no. no, I don't. It's uh, it's it's the you don't even run to that that much anymore as long as it's linked up Bluetooth, but. It's it's fun. It's 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 amazing. Our competitive spirits both jump out when uh, we're going. We're talking crap to each other. It's it's there's gonna be there's gonna be some broken controllers here in the near future. That's hilarious. Do, do you feel that your NFL experience helps you in Madden? There's a guy there, Kurt Benkert, former backup quarterback in a multitude of different places. He now is like a competitive Madden player because he you knows understand. how to read defenses yeah. and what. Do you feel like your NFL experience helps you? Yeah, a little bit if they're going to continue to run the same play over and over, which as seven-year-olds to do. It's like, well, if you're just going to run slants to Tyree Kill the whole time, I'm just going to sit in this little, like, uh, underneath zone here and just pick you off every time. So uh, that's pretty easy to figure out. Or they run the same run play over and over again. It's like, I'll just kind of move my D lineman. I'll shift them over one gap and and good luck. It's, uh, that's that. It's pretty. That stuff's pretty basic. You don't, you don't you don't have to play football for a long time to figure out. How to stop some of that stuff. Why is Mav <laughs> crying again? Well, I kicked his ass in Madden. Jay keeps bringing in Gage 8. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, uh, let's talk a little bit about Nebraska football. They get two nice uh, portal commits over the weekend. Uh, Isaiah Nayor, really good numbers for Coach Bull at Wyoming. Had some injury issues at Texas, but big-bodied wide out that has produced in all kinds of weather and then a really talented uh, player from the state of Mississippi and Dante Dowdell, big back, very athletic. And those are two wins for the big red this weekend. Yeah. Good gets uh, two, two position groups who were, you were vastly short on this last year with, with injuries. Uh, you needed some guys, obviously there's some youth at both those positions where they've, um, you know, validated themselves in, in year one, uh, making some big plays, but you still need depth and uh, getting some guys there. Is, that's going to be a huge help. Uh, I, I imagine, I, I mean, just with how when school starts, I don't know if there's anyone else coming in, but wouldn't hurt to maybe get another wide receiver potentially. Um, 
yet before the spring semester starts. So not surprised that those those two positions are fulfilled. Uh, getting Dowdell at the Oregon, you know, his his pedigree just from, um, you know, recruiting at a high school and then playing in a in a high powered offense like Oregon's always is. Um, it's always it's nice to have because you just get some experience and just know how to how to you know move efficiently within offenses and uh, those are two nice nice gets to kind of kick off the year for us. And Jay, it's interesting. Whenever you, you think of Dowdell specifically. You don't really think of that big power back being an, an Oregon running back, and I know they're changing a little bit under Lane, but he really strikes me as that Big Ten power running back. Like, the Big Ten feels like it should have been the conference for him all along whenever you watch his film, whenever you hear what he has to say about his own style running the football. And I mean, your thoughts, who's, like, the ultimate big-bodied running back that you remember watching at Nebraska or maybe playing with? Um, well, guys I played with, I mean, I immediately think of, uh, like, a Brandon Jackson. Mm-hmm. He's a bigger body. Kenny Wilson, a Juco guy that came in and played. He got injured. He was a bigger guy. Uh, Cody Glenn came in as a running back. Uh, guys who I played against, I mean, first guy that comes to mind, Adrian Peterson. Mm. I mean, if not, we one of the best running backs of all time in college football and NFL history. The dude is an absolute freak. Uh, so he was he was tough. Um, so there's a lot, played with a lot of big, bigger guys. Um, you know, the smaller slashers that really Nebraska never really had those. I mean, Corey Ross was, was smaller, but he was still sturdy. Uh, Marlon Lucky was still on the bigger side. Um, but I, you definitely need the big 10 conference. You need, you need the guy that can be physical, can handle 20 carries and, but can still, you know, have some wiggle to him and be able to slash and kind of put his foot in the ground and get, get up field. So I think, I think, um, Doubt he definitely kind of checks all those boxes. And there's obviously pros and cons to each, Jay, but from your experience, what is the, the difficulty of playing against a big-bodied running back? First contact, it's just tough to get him down. I I just think of the times going against Adrian Peterson, and you think you had him, and you, just, you bounce right off of him. Uh, uh, they just can wear you down. And it's really fourth quarter. They start to kind of wear on you. They lean on you a little bit. Uh, you can – it's just initial contact, they can – carry it you know it might be two yards but then it turns into a four five six yard gain and didn't look like that much this is what they can bring uh usually a little bit better uh sometimes the pass pro picking up blitzes and uh, obviously not as be- as good in the passing game your third and long situations but uh they're just they're just tough man they're physical just wear they wear you down and then you get in that four minute drill when you're, you get the game up and you just need a first down and the game thing's over I tell you what, those big body backs come in real handy when you're just running powers and isos uh, try to seal that thing up. Jay, the name this weekend, Dana Holgerson. Uh, just a friend, uh, says Matt Rule. Uh, there's been some thought about Dana here for about a week or so, and then some reports came out over the weekend. You went against Holgerson under Coach Leach, and uh, Dana's kind of pigeonholed with that air raid rep, but just doing some research we talked about earlier, his his coaching career from coordinator to quarterback coach to running two different programs, man, he's been pretty adaptable. If there's a spot for him with Coach Rule, what's that say to you? Well, it just says that they're just trying to get better. And I think don't I don't think jump to conclusion is some people are like, oh my gosh, we're just gonna throw the football. 60 times a game. No, it's you, you're just trying to get a guy on staff, another football mind, a very good football mind that can just kind of bring something else to the table. I know Satterfield spent, you know, at South Carolina, they like to throw it a lot. 
but just something else, just another uh, thought, another uh, tendencies to look at, to, to you know, or just certain things to help you kind of get over the hump. And I, whether it's from an analyst role, uh, it's a, if it's a multiple year thing, I don't know. I mean, who knows what Holgerson wants to do? If he wants another final head coaching job, or he's kind of get to that time of his career where, heck, pay me, you know, low six figures, I'll come be an analyst for you, uh, type of situation. But uh, it's just getting a different voice in there sometimes I think helps but I think still going forward Nebraska wants to run the football first and foremost and I think don't, I don't I'm not too too concerned about that but just expanding your your passing game and just understanding how you can attack defenses and, and attack really good defenses in the Big Ten I mean between you know Michigan Ohio State Penn State and obviously you know with the the Pac-12 schools coming in the the, you know, I can't say USC's defense. I mean, they weren't very good. UCLA's hasn't been very good, but Washington's and Oregon's defenses are really, really good. How to attack those and uh, just find yourself getting ahead and just kind of setting yourself up for the future. So uh, I like it. Anytime you can improve and, and get a good guy, uh, a guy on staff that has proven history, that has proven himself at multiple places and proven himself with different, you know, um, multiples of offense, I think that's only a plus uh, for this team. And Jay, it's interesting whenever you compare uh, the potential of Holgerson coming on staff to some other offensive hires Nebraska's made in recent years. You go back to, to Lubick, and I know it's a different staff completely, but he was working at a credit union, I want to say. You have Satterfield, who was uh, really bemoaned by a lot of South Carolina fans before he came here. Whipple had a great offense at, at Pitt, but it doesn't sound like uh, that uh, Narduzzi wanted to keep him around for much longer. It doesn't feel like Nebraska's taking a cast off this time around, if you will, and that might be a little bit harsh on some other previous guys, but a guy in Holgerson is a guy that is uh, not only well-respected in the college football community, but he has the numbers to back it up. No, he definitely does. And I think if you look at, if you want to compare offensive defensive staffs, obviously the defensive staff in Nebraska, there's a lot of experience more on the defensive side. I'm not saying that's immediately why they had success this year, but it has to be a little something to that. I think, obviously, the, the talent was was deeper and more experienced and better on the on the defensive side. But you look at the offensive side, you know, obviously Ray Ellis st- stays um, – the young wide receivers coach is brought in for one of his first gigs. Uh, Satterfield, not a ton of experience at the OC. I've been with Rule at a couple different places. Uh, the running back coach, you know, Barthel has been other places. But it's just getting some more experience. And it's not it's it's not um, it's not putting anyone, you know, uh, on on check in that staff. It's just like, hey, man, we're trying to get better. And if this if this guy can come in and give us some fresh ideas, get us something to a couple extra wrinkles to throw in there, maybe uh, some different third down uh, schemes and, and, and passing game stuff, you know, why not? You know, it's, it's not going to hurt us. It only can help us. So um, I think they're just trying to get some more, some more experience and just, they, they got to get better. I mean, offensive on the side of football, I know there's injuries, but they, the offensive side of the ball was, was obviously really bad this last year. So they got to, they got to improve it. And uh, they're going to, you know, they're going to explore all options at this point. You can't live in a world where you're scoring 17 a game, period. Uh, you can't do that to the defense. You can't do that to your own football team for another season. And who knows where it goes. But if Nebraska gets the ability to, to land a guy like Holgerson uh, with his track record with quarterbacks and just being as adaptable as he's been offensively, that's incredible. And listen, I would think he won't come here uh, unless he's a co-coordinator. 
so you have him and Sat, and then you have Donnie with the run game, and you got three uh, three sets of eyes working on an offense with, I think, some really nice young talent. And then we've talked already about the portal. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Jay Moore is with us. Hale Varsity Radio, Cornhead Lager, our sponsor, Snow Day. But, uh, well, we shoveled our way in and uh, talking some big red football. Jay, two of your close contemporaries, uh, Danny Woodhead, uh, a guy you're really tight with on the golf course and played uh, with and against in, in high school and, of course, in the NFL. And then your your coach, the man who brought you to Nebraska, Frank Solich, both uh, being nominated today for the College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, the outstanding news. Uh, I was not aware until we were just kind of hopping on here and, and touching base before we uh, started recording, but it's two fantastic people, uh, very, very deserving. I've gotten to know Danny, obviously, through golf and, uh, you know, become friends with, good friends with, you know, his his family and uh, his brother lives here in Lincoln, so we play a lot of golf and um, very, very deserving. Uh, you know, what he did at Shattern State, I know it's going off, obviously, Shattern State, and you have to have a pretty good professional career for, for them to consider. Uh, but, you know, getting their the equivalent of, of the Heisman, not once, but maybe twice, mm-hmm. you get it twice. Yeah, so uh, I don't know the name of that award, but yeah, that's 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 outstanding. I mean, Shattern's always been a good football program uh, at the D two level, um, and he's and obviously his career that he had playing the NFL for you know ten years. It's not no surprise uh, that he got it. Then Coach Solich, I mean, what he's able to do here as an assistant and then as a head coach, and then obviously we we've touched base on it more times. And the horse, I know the horse is dead, but you know being wrongfully fired. Uh, after a nine and three season, uh, but then obviously taking it over and, and uh, moving over to Ohio and having success there, and in in damn near winning the MAC conference every year it seemed like, or other year, and being very very competitive, um, is it, he's very very deserving and very happy for him. Um, just feels like everything's kind of fallen into place here for the last for the last you know year or so for for Colt Solis just coming back to the spring game, being recognized and and getting this award. So. Um, obviously very happy for both of them and um yeah just not not surprised at all because both of them are very deserving quickly here jay with with danny is he a what if in your mind in terms of being a nebraska kid who goes off to shatter in state and nebraska at the time had a couple of guys we've already talked about earlier in this interview with brandon jackson marlon lucky on roster at the time is that a what if in your mind what if danny woodhead would have gotten that nebraska off or what if he would have came to nebraska or do you think that's that's uh, by the wayside now it's hard because what if he comes here and never plays mm. He never gets. An, he never gets. He never gets um, a look. And maybe his work ethic and everything that we we know about, he, he gets opportunities. But what if what if he sits in the third or fourth string and doesn't, or you know, and displays scout team and doesn't get a look? Does Danny Woodhead become Danny? What Danny Woodhead we know as because he goes to Shatter State, plays him right away, and is an All American there. You know, so it's just. It's kind of one of those it's six one way, half a dozen the other. You know, people like to think, oh my gosh, we'd have loved to have Danny Woodhead. Yeah, I would have loved to have Danny Woodhead here. He would have, he would have, if he would got a, a chance to play, the guy would have produced. But that's just the thing. And uh, does he get a shot? Uh, you'd like to think in in scrimmages and going against the scout team, people are like, God oh, dang, who's this kid from from North Platte? You know, he's he's toasting us in scrimmages and in in, in practice. Um, and maybe that was the way he he could have, but. Uh, 
it's just a, it was a it's a much tougher mountain to climb here than than at Shatter State. I just don't know if you got the fair shot and the fair look as a as a five star or, or high four star running backs in JUCO transfers would have got coming in here just because of his of the size and just just those um, just the stereotypical stuff that you get. I mean, he's a small white running back. I mean, those I mean those <laughs> those are two stereotypical. This just doesn't this doesn't work well uh, in major college athletics and so um no I'd, been, I'd love to have him as teammate and seen him you know flourish here but i don't know if he honestly would have got a, a a fair shake well he got looked at by the pros man and, and killed it uh, for a long long career jay we'll get your thoughts on the college football championship game tonight washington michigan was giggling about harbaugh and his interview his sit down uh, with mcafee and he was there with Kalen DeBoer, and they both were in their Sunday best, but Harvaugh is staring at DeBoer like DeBoer's a zoo animal during one of the questions that 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 McAfee posed to him. And, I mean, Harbaugh's going all Stevie Wonder, man. I mean, he's just buckling him in in the, uh, the interview seat. But what happens tonight? Michigan, I think, favored by four and a half or five. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game. I do. I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see if, Michigan can apply the same pressure that they did against Alabama Milrow. I think Milrow is not as good as in the pocket as Penix is, obviously, obviously not no near the thrower. But can they can they create that kind of pressure and get him off his spot and get him off timing? If they can, I like Michigan. But if they have they have issues, and I know DeBoer is a is a very smart football mind. He's gonna have some things dialed up uh for that defense. And then I just look at the physicality of Michigan. If they can commit to the run and stick with it. And um, you know, I think their physicality wears wears them down. I do like I like Michigan. I thought Michigan was by far the best team all year. I don't think Michigan is by far the flashiest team. I think uh, has and definitely doesn't have the most firepower. I think that's Washington. But what I think Michigan has is just the ability to wear people out. And uh, I think this is a, a tends to be a low scoring game. You know, uh, less than less than forty points. I think I think this is all this is all Michigan in this one. Not saying all like it's a blowout, but I just think this this that style of game just shoots suits Michigan. Now, if we get they start off quick and Oregon gets off to a hot start, you know, seventeen three, fourteen nothing. I I tell you what, that's that's tough for Michigan to come back from. But uh, if they can keep this thing, you know, very methodical, um, I, I like Michigan in that type of game. Jay, on a more important note, what's on the menu tonight at the Moore household? <laughs> well, uh, I think I'm getting together with a few buddies, and uh, I think there's going to be some... Uh... That's code for you're not invited. <laughs> code for we're not invited, that's well, code for know. beers had, for dinner. I, I had to touch base because with, with the snow and kids being home from school, you know, sometimes that just throws a wrench in it. But I'm going to swing over there, and uh, I know he's uh, he likes his very fine IPAs, and I'm mm. sure there'll be some wings and... Uh, some nice, you know, queso dips and all those things. So I have no idea, to be honest. I just know that the 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 collection of beverages is going to be off the charts because uh, my man is uh, he knows what he's doing through all gamuts of it, through beers, bourbons, tequilas, whatever. So uh, we got to keep it classy, though. Got to <laughs> get the roadish, the snow issues, and uh, you got an early morning for work tomorrow too. That means cut yourself off at halftime. Is what that means. Yeah, you know what? I you like to think that. That's when you say that I'm leaving at halftime. Done at halftime, it never happens. <laughs> just you know, just uh, just be you know, just take it easy, right? Just uh, put it on cruise control. 
Jay Moore with his uh, co-host, Big Red Wrap-Up, Blackshirt, Husker, NFL, or at jmore44. Find him on Twitter. Jay will hit some NFL weekend uh, next week after the first round of the wild card. Get your thoughts on the NFL postseason. Thanks for a few minutes today. Yep, you got it. Thanks, guys. Good to spend time with Blackshirt, Husker, NFL, or Jay Moore. And uh, plenty of playoff football still ahead. Uh, things are set there. We'll do our steak and a beer bet before we uh, take off. Are you going anywhere? Are you going to do wings? What's on your menu? I think uh, burgers. Going you do burgers? I have, I have trusted my roommates. You the old George Foreman, or are you doing the air fryer? Smash burgers. We're getting the pan. We're Ooh. smashing them down. We were, we were discussing, and it, a lot of this comes down to my roommates, how much time do they actually spend playing Mortal Kombat today because they said you gave they gave them an assignment. They said they'd be clean the house, menu. make me dinner. The plan was uh, Oklahoma onion burgers. Nice. Which we'll, we'll see. We'll see what, what it looks like when I get home. Chances are they're probably still on the couch playing Mortal Kombat. Title game coming up. Uh, thoughts next. And now. And now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, where you get the podcast. Can also watch the show archived for you daily. The Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Give us a follow. Find us on Twitter as well at H Varsity Radio. Can rewatch the show there at Schmidt underscore Radio. My Twitter at Herbal Essence for. Elijah, he is doing smash burgers. I'm thinking of some flank steak tonight. Air fryer. Yeah. I'm too big a wuss to dig out my grill. Uh, so there we have it. Let's get into tonight as it's Michigan, it's Washington, total head versus heart. Uh, I think your heart says Washington. I think your head says Michigan. I did, my head and my heart both say Michigan. Personally. Really? You want you want old school, old guard, uh, Big Ten. Uh, Tiger Shark checks in on the stream. As we'll get to more of your comments here tomorrow. But Harbaugh's building a treehouse for recruiting slumber parties again. That's hilarious. Well, do you want to know why my heart tells me Michigan? I'm sick and tired of hearing the stat. Michigan hasn't won a title since 97. Because Michigan didn't win a title in 97. <laughs> so you're going back to 40. So, you're going back to 48. Okay. So, yeah, let's hope they say it. Let's just make that Michigan hasn't won a title since 2024. They need to preface it by saying shared a title. But they never do. They never do. So, right. so that's why my heart tells me Michigan. Let's just stop hearing that stat. That's gross. Um, also, it'd make you feel a little bit better about the shellacking that you saw uh, back in, what was that, uh, early October? Late September. Late September, excuse me. Uh, with Nebraska and Michigan. You feel a little better about that shellacking if Michigan goes on to be the, the national title winner. So uh, those are the two reasons why my heart tells me Michi- or Michigan. Like, yeah, Washington's a cool story, but... I just eh. like Kalen DeBoer. Again, the chance to cover him when he was rolling people at Sioux Falls. Our friend Greg Henson, our Michigan insider, had something come up. He says that uh, Michigan wins 42-28. And I, I'm i going to go with my heart versus my head here. I'm going to pick Washington. I'll take the points. And I think Michigan will get to Penix. And I think Penix can stand in and make some plays. Here's the, here's the reality. Why this won't work, why it goes the other way is – as badly as Texas gashed Washington 
And Washington's rush defense is in the one hundred and somethings in the teens, one thirteen maybe. That's what Michigan's going to do. That's what Michigan wants to do anyway. So it comes down to the wear down, uh, body blow mindset that is what Michigan does well. Can Washington's defense make a few plays, turnovers? Is Michigan going to play that badly on special teams a second game in a row? I think Michigan probably wins. But for argument purposes, for steak and beer bet, I'll take Washington in the points. What's the the score prediction? Uh, It's going to be first to 30. So give me Washington 31-28. Okay, I think it's going to be lower scoring. Another, another seven-point or under win for Washington to make it an even 11. I don't think this game has as many points as people think it will. I think Washington's going to hit some big plays. I think Michigan, that ground attack, I think they remain in control of the football game. I think they get a 28-21 to 21 victory. So a win and cover for the Wolverines tonight. And I guess uh, we'll see who wins the state of beer tomorrow morning. Huh? That'll, that'll work. We'll check in tomorrow. Back at four. Big ball game tomorrow night at PBA. Talk to you then with Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. A Huda Media Production.